Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast, episode 74, A Balls of Steel. How are we all? Um, thank you for joining us again. It's Monday evening. Again, these weeks, they're, they're coming around. Episode 74. Who would have thought we'd have lasted 74 episodes, eh? Um, beat the Manx. Always nice to beat Manchester United um, and possibly... The best way to beat Manchester United with a contentious penalty after the stupid, horrible decision they got against PSG isn't karma a bitch. Um, <laughs> joining me this evening, um, no one needs no introductions. Mr. Judges, how are you, sir? Oh, very, very good. Thank you very much, Craig. Boy, um, my mate Tony um, said about going fishing, so... Uh, I've been. I, I, I thought I'd give it a go, like so. I've been Twitter fishing today. Like you know, put okay. something on about Manchester United. <laughs> oh, you got. I've had some big fish today. Great, I've had to buy two new boats. I tell you, like, it's fantastic. <laughs> like, like, if you ever feel a bit bored at work or say, go Man United fishing. It's absolutely brilliant. I like, don't need to mate. go fishing on Twitter because I'm surrounded by Manchester United fans. Over oh, it's absolutely. You know what I mean? How can they? I've had a moaning about a penalty. Like, you know what I mean? How can they moan after what happened on Wednesday it's night? It's great, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's great. And, um, oh, I love it, like, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, great, great day yesterday. Well, so what, great, great weekend. Fantastic Absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. Fantastic weekend. All the results going for us, and then the boys at the end of the day come and done it again um, yesterday with another brilliant home performance. Couldn't be more happier. The only Good. thing that was a bit of a disaster was as the game finished, it poured down with rain. But other than that, the consolation was that we went off with the three points. The old Manchester fans went back to Croydon wet with no points. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say, you know, home home from home, wasn't it? Um, Good evening to you all in the chat box. 
populating very quickly. Um, oh, nearly 60 of you watching live already. I've actually um, forgotten to tweet it out. So if someone wants to uh, write it on Twitter and tweet it out that we're actually live, that would be great. Because uh, I was so excited uh, to get on this evening because it's so full of positivity. Uh, big shout going out to my mate Cole in the chat box. How are you, mate? Thanks for watching. Um, thanks for coming along. Harry, how are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I, I had a massive smile on my face yesterday evening and all day today, and particularly after that Sky Sports thing on Thursday where they practically laughed at me on air for suggesting that Arsenal could win. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I saw that. that I bet you like that. More. Oh, I loved it. I made sure I tweeted him as well. I wanted an apology. I wanted a written apology. It's not good enough. <laughs> Graham, <laughs> how are you, sir? Oh, very well, mate. How are you? Uh, struggle, struggled to get there yesterday with the uh, heavy winds. Train got cancelled. Had to uh, drive up to Ebbsfleet to get the train. And then uh, was running low on petrol. Came back. Jumped back in the car. Literally on no bars. They shut all the roads. <laughs> Uh, I was struggling to sort of like fill up. Eventually managed to fill up and get home, uh, but got soaked, as Lee said. It absolutely bucketed down after the game yesterday, but uh, couldn't give a jot. Uh, the performance and the, the match made up for it and a uh, fantastic uh, result. Credit to Umay Emery. He got his tactics spot on and a great result, and it set us up nicely enough for this top four race, doesn't it? Absolutely. Just to let you know, I didn't get wet. I was at home in front of the fire. Um, <laughs> singing Arsenal songs, my three kids singing, sitting there looking at me, going, "Who is this man and what is he doing? Uh, what a weirdo!" That's what they were looking at me. So you know, I, even though I'm still at home, sitting in front of my fire, I'm still there in spirit. You know what I mean? I still, I still sing songs. I know no one can hear me, but it makes me feel better. Um, that's what we like. That we remember, if you like a bet at the weekend, uh, down in the description below, you'll be able to sign up to Fans Bet, our partners. Um, sign up, open an account. Uh, when it tells you, when it asks you what team you support, you support Arsenal. And then the branch is the same old Arsenal podcast. If you sign up with an account that way, you'll be helping us along our merry way. Now, something that I need to talk to you all about very seriously. Um, well, it's not really seriously. Well, I suppose it is a bit. Um, we have entered the FBA's. This year, uh, and for those of you who don't know what the FBAs are, they are the Football Blogging Awards. Um, so we've entered. Why not? Uh, and we are in the category of best podcast. So, in the link just below you, you will see a link. In the link, hang on. Let me let me say that again. Start again. In the description below you, you will see a link. And if you click that link, it will take you to a, a voting page. And it'll have loads of categories of loads of empty boxes. All you've got to do is find the box that says best podcast. Inside that box, type the same old Arsenal and hit vote. Done. That's all I want you to do. Um, other than that, hit the like button as we go along. Get your questions in. Uh, wait, don't get them in just yet. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when uh, to, to fire them in um, and we shall get going. Also, if you could do us a favour as well and help our boys out over... Across the pond in America, there's also a category there for best international creator. Um, you can put in there the Gooners pod, which is, of course, Mike and Andy. And if you... Harry, where, where can they put you in? Obviously not best podcast, mate, because this is the best podcast. Um, so <laughs> where, can they put, where can they put you in? Uh, best new content creator. Here we go. Put so put Harry in. Best new... Con well, not Harry, but chron the Chronicles of a Gooner. 
um, that's in right, best yeah. new content creator as well. And let's get let's get Harry um, let's get Harry up there as well. Uh, so yeah, if you could do that for us, that would be absolutely magic. I know probably some of you have all voted. You've all voted already, but you can actually vote again. You can vote as many times as you like. But I'm not saying anything. I mean, you know, I'm not asking you to go and vote again. But if you want to, you can. Um, that goes for you as well, listening um, in the audio on SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes. In the description uh, of the podcast, you will see the link. If you could all click that link and go and vote for us, it would be great. If you want to donate to the podcast this evening, you can via the live chat button. Um, all donations greatly appreciated. Thank you very much indeed. Let's crack on with the podcast. Lee, let's come to you. Unai Emre got it so wrong away in France last Thursday. But, oh, my God, did he get it so right yesterday. Fantastic. I've got to say this. Um, got the... The first time I think that he's, if, if I'm right in believing this, is the first time that Mesut Ozil, Aaron Ramsey, um, Aubameyang, Lacazette have all played in the same team. And can uh, I on, just on, stop you there? And I'll on. tell you another little nice little fact. Unai Emery is the first Arsenal manager to avoid defeat in two consecutive league games. Sorry, in two competitive league games versus Manchester United since George Swindon. The 1958 1959 I thought it was a, the big worry for me was Aubameyang playing up top because obviously with Lacazette not being about on Thursday, I feel that that was a big gamble. But I think that um, Emery chose what he wants to do. He's going to go for the top four. Um, I thought I said that said before the game, Arsenal will win the game. I said it before. I said it would be two one. I, I, I think we are a different animal at home than what we are away. I don't think Thursday had no bearing on this game whatsoever. I was impressed with the way we started. Um, yes, we rode our luck a little bit, but listen, every team rides their luck, you know what I mean, in games. You know, we should have won last week, but we didn't because of uh, lady luck. So, you know, and it's not Arsenal's fault if their star striker they go on about as the greatest thing and slag off our strikers, misses from three yards. The Belgian uh, Ian Marshall. Jim Ian Marshall, I love it, I love it, that's what he is, old Man United, you know, Man United, well, you know, and, and let's, let's face it, we've, they've been piping up, and quite rightly so, they deserve to, they've been in fantastic form, and but they've all come down on these silly little um, channels of theirs, and you know, coming on the AFTV saying what they're going to do, and what they're not going to do, and all this and all of that, and at the end of the day, they have been taken apart. And I don't give a mank is what anybody says. They, you know, clean sheet. They didn't didn't score. Um, against our defence, they didn't score. All these great players, Rashford and Lukaku. You know what I mean? Um, I think, you know what I mean? Like, and was it, um, who do they call like the uh, um, Jamie Vardy of... Um, the Gabonese, something? the Gabonese Jamie Vardy. Gabonese, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go, like, you know what I mean? Makes makes Rashford look like um, oh, Perry Groves of uh, of Arsenal in his <laughs> day, like you know what I mean. So that, 
and Perry Grove done well for us, you know what I mean? So, no, at the end of it, as I said yesterday, their best midfielder I thought played quite well for them was Fred. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unfortunately, he had Wilma next to him. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, um, that was the end of him. Uh, I thought Aaron Ramsey and people have said Aaron Ramsey and Shaka can't play together. Proved wrong. Proven wrong, yeah. Proven wrong. Um, and listen, the greatest thing about yesterday <clears throat> was that cocky lot in the corner started singing Robin Van Persie. They got onto their first chorus of Robin Van Persie when my good old mate Shaka, and he's my mate now, <laughs> smashed <laughs> And they shut up. They never sung it again, and that's the reason why he's man of the match. And uh, I'm not going to go overboard about Shaka because I know Harry Light is going to be going on about it for an hour. But uh, <laughs> he was outstanding on the day. I thought, you know, I'm, I do criticise him. I've got to say that. But yesterday, steps up to the plate. And what annoys me about Shaka, right, is that he plays well in the big games. When he plays against yeah. Tottenham last week, he played really well. And then when it comes to Wren, he takes the advantage of the opposition by playing little one-twos and things like that. Did he get caught on the ball yesterday? No. Did he? He's, he, he, he's, I, I love the... I'll tell you what I did like about Shaka yesterday was that he, when he was under pressure, he got his body in front of the ball, drew the foul. I just thought it was an outstanding performance from him from, from start to finish. Um, yeah, all right, he got the goal, but I thought he, he, he played really, really well. Um, and I've got to have a big standout for um, Ainsley Maitland. Yeah. I honestly felt first half, his first five touches, now, he give the ball away every time on his first touch. Now, if you've ever played football and, you, and your confidence goes and or you keep making mistakes and your confidence gets very, very hard to get back in the game. But... Whatever was said to him at half-time, he come out and, and put on a masterclass, an absolute masterclass down that right-hand side second half. And um, so I, I think getting onto the result, and, and that is fantastic, the, the, the weekend, Shaka's performance. But I also think that the biggest plus for me was Maitland-Niles' second half performance because it shows that he can do it against the big boys. Um, He'd done a lovely little... Jink in the, the first half, that, I think it was the first or second half that left, left um, you know, Luke Shaw for dead, you know, and Luke Shaw, you know, is a good left back, apparently, and, um, you know, uh, I, I, I've got nothing but admiration, again, I, I'm just going to say one thing, people keep going overboard about Leno, right, yes, he's a great goalkeeper, but that's what he's there to do, not man of the match, because if you're going to give him man of the match, it means that Man United have been all over you, not the case, not the case, He's had to make a couple of good saves and he's made them. Fantastic. But he's not man of the match because if, you know... Harsh. Man of the match last season, someone like the guy... Harsh. Got... No, 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 no. It's Very like harsh. And I'm so you, I'm in the goalkeeper's union and you know, no, right? No, no, I'm not having a goalkeeper. No, 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 no. A goalkeeper can can be man of the match and he, he wasn't my man of the match yesterday, but no. he can be man of the match. That man kept us in the game. Listen, he's had that friend. save from Lukaku in the second half was world class. The one yes, where, he, yes. where he spread himself. Yes, it is world class. But if he's a top striker, he scores it. I'm not slagging off Leno. Here. He's made two magnificent saves at Spurs the other day. He's made magnificent saves um, yesterday. But 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 what my point is, right? I change it around. My point is that we've not been used to a world class goalkeeper or good goalkeeper for so many years. All of a sudden, he's doing good mm. saves. And we're all going overboard. That's what he's, he's there to do. Great goalkeeper. That's the end for me. Okay. 
Well, I said, okay, well, I still think it's a bit harsh. No, no. He's a great goalkeeper. That's what great goalkeepers do. David Seaman, great goalkeeper. Expectations. Where our expectations are that Leno isn't a great goalkeeper. He is. That's what I expect Leno to make those saves because he's a good goalkeeper. Well, I did tell you all he was a good goalkeeper. Yeah, I'm, 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 look, listen, I think he's been a standout for us this season. He's been a real big, real big player. As, as I said last week, you think of all the goalkeepers that have come on, come to the Premier League, all their first seasons have been horrendous. Yeah, look at De Gea's first season. Yeah. His has been unbelievable. Yeah, and you, you, if you look at all the goalkeepers, you wouldn't say that they're all £50 million better than him. Absolutely not. And it, oh, it, I if, I was, if I was Emery, I'd start him on Thursday night. Oh. Yeah, I would. That's Did a you? massive call. That is a good, good point. Why good. Is it? It's not a massive call, really, mate. You think about it. You got. Every, we, we need our best players on the pitch Thursday night. He's he, and he's our number one goalkeeper. He's got to play. Do you know what? I mate, I mate, you're right. He's got to play. He's got to play. Good evening to you on the chat box. Loads of people uh, saying hello to us. Um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Um, too many to read out. Good evening to you all. Um, some people watching in Canada, London, all over the place. It's a bit mad, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Harry, uh, yes, sh 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 shall we talk about um, Alex Iwobi? Alex Iwobi. We'll get to about Alex Iwobi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, let's, let's talk about Xhaka, shall we? Um, I, wrote, I don't know if... Uh, Anyone saw the blog that I wrote um, for Fansbet, which then got um, published on a Manchester United um, betting page. But I said that Xhaka would be key for us um, yesterday. Uh, he would be key in stopping Pogba. Um, and by God, did he do a job on him, Harry? Yeah, I, to be honest, I think um, I don't think Xhaka directly did a job on Pogba because Pogba was kind of set out to operate from slightly to the left of the midfield. But I must admit, when I saw the um, the starting lineup as I was walking up to the ground, I did think, Unai Emery, what have you gone and done here? I hold my hands up. Because my concern and my worry was that we were going to get overrun in the midfield area and that Granit Xhaka would end up in a situation where he had midfielders coming at him left, right and centre. Because as great as Aaron Ramsey is, he likes to get forward. And my worry was that at times he was going to leave him a little bit exposed. Um, and I still, even now, don't think that Arsenal look 100% comfortable playing with a back three. I'm still not sure that that's the way forward in the long run. Um, but I get why Emery done it yesterday. Um, and credit to Aaron Ramsey. He did put a shift. Well, he always puts work in, but he was more disciplined than he has been in the past. I thought he sat with Xhaka really well. And Xhaka, like Lee said, he was so good yesterday. He was so dominant. Um, you know, there, there was that interception he made inside the penalty area where he took a knock as well. I think it was with Rashford, where the ball come back across. And he literally put his body in on the line there to make that block. And, and that's what you want to see from Granit Xhaka. You want to see him impose himself. There's no doubt about it. When he gets the ball at his feet and he's got time to pick out a pass, Nine times out of ten, he will pick out a fantastic crossfield ball or whatever. And he gets you moving and he opens up spaces for you. Um, aside from Granite Xhaka, though, I thought it was really interesting the way that Emery approached this game. Because in the second half as well, you know, after, let's, let's be realistic. You know, we were talking about Leno maybe shouldn't get man of the match. For me, Leno should get man of the match because of... 
the impact he had on the game at the end of the day like we can talk about how good we were but if you if you take a neutral p- perspective on this and you take your arsenal hats off for a minute you'll see that in the first half united hit the bar united hit the post and leno pulled off a world class save we were very lucky in my opinion at half time to be winning that game granite jacker will have that shot 100 times and david de gea will save it 99 out of those so to be in front I think we were slightly fortunate. Obviously, you've got to hang on in the game. You've got to take your opportunities when they come along. And credit to Arsenal for doing that. But I think that we have to be a bit more realistic. And and like Lee said in the past, the only way you're going to improve is if you're realistic about your performance. And whilst it was good and we got a fantastic result, there was still a lot of room for improvement in that performance yesterday. I'm not being negative, no. but I, I, I don't want to paint this picture of Arsenal being amazing yesterday mm. when in actual fact... We were fortunate with the first goal. I felt, look, if you don't shoot, you don't score. Give Xhaka credit. But David De Gea won't make that mistake again all season. And then, you know, the penalty, I personally think it was a penalty now that I've seen it back more and more. But if that was given against us, I'd be going absolutely apeshit because for me, you know, it looked a little bit soft at the time. So I think it's an amazing result. It's a fantastic performance in some aspects. I think what Emery did really well, and I'm sure Graham's going to touch on the tactical side more, was that he used Aubameyang and Lacazette to push right up and they were occupying the space between the fullbacks and the centre-backs, meaning that Shaw and Young couldn't get forward as much. And I think that was a, a deliberate ploy from Emery to try and pin United back. And I think it worked. So, you know, look, it's a great result and, and fair play to everyone involved. But there is still room for improvement there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, mate. And I think every Arsenal fan would agree with you. I mean, there was a few moments in that game where my my starfish was going, you know. Um, but uh, like I said, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we've got the result um, and we've beaten Man United. So I don't care about it at the moment. Um, but I'm sure... Uh, Graham's going to tell us um, how exactly we, how exactly Emery did get, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pulled the wool over Ollie behind the wheel's eyes, Graham. Um, what did uh, what did Unai Emery set Arsenal out to do, Graham, yesterday? Well, I think Lee's already said it. He, he uh, we were very attacking. Uh, I must admit, when I saw the lineup, I was really surprised. I tweeted out on Saturday night, I thought he should play a diamond uh, midfield 4-2, uh, the, the uh, formation we used when we beat Chelsea. Uh, but he set up in a like a 3-4-1-2. Uh, Man United play a 4-4-2. Uh, but what they tend to do is Pogba tends to come central. It flips to a 3-4-1-2 with Shaw pushing up into a four uh, on the left-hand side. And, that, and when he goes into the space where Pogba is, Pogba then moves more central. Uh, and as Harry said, I think the one thing he did really well was, uh, it, first of all, he played with uh, two forwards, Lacazette and Aubameyang. And they obviously, as Harry said, sort of like occupied and pushed back the two centre-halves, stopped them from connecting with the midfield. And how this worked in the first half, and I think the first key battle he won was that immediately Solskjaer saw what was happening, that they were struggling with uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang's movement, uh, that he put Young back in a back three. So immediately Young, who would be looking to get forward on the right-hand side and sort of like create an overload uh, uh, with uh, uh, the young lad Dalio. I hope I've said that correctly. Um, the guy who played on the right-hand side, who's also a right wing-back, I think uh, he, he sort of moved back into a back three. So he played he played two strikers, which I must admit uh, surprised me. I thought he'd go 4-2-3-1. 
but he's surprised us all season, hasn't he? And uh, we talk about a lack of identity in an Arsenal team under Emery. I think one thing the identity is, he sets us up to what the opposition are and how he thinks we can beat them. And I think that, uh, so he played the two forwards. He also played, as uh, Lee said, uh, two attacking midfielders, Ozil and Ramsey. And he also played the two wing backs. So basically he, he went all out to win this game, an attack minded team. But also the one thing he did really well was out of possession. It worked really well because we were really compact, uh, compact in midfield. And uh, I agree with Harry. I was a bit worried that we might get overrun in midfield, but I thought Ramsey, uh, Ramsey's performance was really good. Uh, he basically, he, uh, in that match, I think he, he made eight tackles. Only Torreira uh, uh, has made more tackles for an Arsenal central midfielder this season. That's how good he was in the centre of the park. But I think the game was defined by the first half an hour. And I think uh, in these big games, how you start in these games is pivotal. And we seized control of it really quickly. Uh, took Man United by surprise. We were on the front foot. We were at them, really at them, uh, Slightly shaky start. Uh, Shaw got forward, uh, caused some danger on the left-hand side. Had the cross, when the cross came in, Lukaku scored, which he should have done. It might have been a different story, but as we know, he hit the bar. Uh, but, but then I think after that, we started to get really into the game. We pushed them back. Uh, we sort of like, my, uh, my impression of this game really was, was that, that uh, the why Emery played this way was when we played them in the cup game, we played a 4-3-3 formation with four at the back and the Kalazanak and Maitland-Niles were our two fullbacks that day and they played really high and Man United hit us in wide areas, sort of like uh, with Sanchez and Lukaku pulling wide that day. So the reason why he went with the three, Harry, was simply because he wanted, he didn't want them to sort of like hit us in the wide areas. So those three centre-halves worked hard to nullify Man United's counter-attack the uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang worked hard up top to uh, sort of like occupy the centre-half so they couldn't engage with the midfield. Forced Solskjaer into the first tactical tweak. Shaw could not get up the pitch as much as he normally does, which would free Pogba to come inside. Uh, so Pogba was, uh, uh, often in the game, stuck more out wide left. And I think we got the crucial first goal. We have to say, I think the first goal in these big games is crucial. And uh, what Emery's doing, I think, quite cleverly in these big games is, we've said it before, he's made us more competitive in these games, but we're playing it even at home sometimes in the big games like the away team. So we sort of like, we set up really sort of like uh, to get the first goal uh, with, with pace up top. And then when we get the first goal, we're not so wide open and we're able to sort of like control the game from there. So I think uh, tactically... Uh, he outmaneuvered him by learning from the mistakes from the 4-3-3 formation when they beat us in the cup game. He went 3-4-1-2, which is a formation off the Man United play when Pogba goes inside and Shaw pushes up. It stopped Shaw from getting up in wide areas. Maitland-Niles, as Lee said, started badly, but I thought Maitland-Niles got better as the game went on. And he grew into the game. And if anything, the battle between Maitland-Niles and Shaw, two young fullbacks, was really great to watch. Shaw shaded it early on. As Lee said, Maitland-Niles' first few touches were not good. But I think he grew into the game really well. And we have to say that Kalazanak on the other side was absolutely... Beast. A beast. Mm. Uh, marauding down that left-hand side. He put in two fizz, two crosses across, which just begged for someone to get a touch in and divert in. So in the first half, I think that... Uh, you know, we were on the front foot. But for all that, and I agree with you, uh, Craig, you're a member of the Goalkeepers Union, so you'd appreciate how good Leno was. I think Leno proved in this game three things for me. The three things are that his uh, decision-making, his shot-stopping, and his ability off his line proved what a good goalkeeper he was. The decision-making in the first Lukaku chance, because it was almost like a carbon copy of the chance he had in 
uh, Paris on Wednesday night, where he was on that left foot going through. He goes to the ground. His decision-making is perfect. He could have dived in at Lukaku, right, couldn't he? He could have dived in, but he, he, saw, he was on the ground, but he sort of, like, didn't dive in. And he stayed grounded and waited for Lukaku and then spread himself and made the save. Right? So that play. was fantastic decision-making. Uh, the shot stopping, the chance in the second half from Lukaku, when it comes into Lukaku, I think uh, uh, Alan Shearer said it last night on Match of the Day when I watched it back, he should have taken a touch with his right foot and hit it with his left. The fact that he touched it on his left foot means he was struggling to sort of like get it quickly onto his left to get the shot away. But for all that, Leno spread himself, as you said, Craig, really well to make a brilliant save. Somehow got it up over the bar. And then the other moment where he proved what a good keeper he was, and I doubt whether Petr Cech would have been able to do this, they played a long ball over the top second half. half. Lukaku was on it again, and all of a sudden Leno from nowhere sprinted off his line, sweeper, and got it out of play. So I think... His performance, Leno, was outstanding. I thought Jack and Ramsey were good in the middle. Lacazette and Aubameyang moved the United back line around. Ozil was sort of like coming central at times and drifting out wide. But for me, the person who deserves the most praise on the day, Jacka, as uh, Harry said, for that tackle and for the shot, brilliant performance. But I think that, and Lee said it in his AFTV interview yesterday, Alex Lacazette, I think, was absolutely unbelievable yesterday. The complete centre-forward performance. The only thing that was lacking was a goal. goal. And he did, have that, he did have that great chance, didn't he, where he could have made it 3 nothing, And he, he, he rather sort of snatched, snatched it. it, it went yeah. But look at what he brought for the team. Hold-up play. Uh, he works the centre-halves. He buys fouls, gets us up the pitch. He's a, he can do something that Bamiyan can't do. He can play with his back to goal. And that's another thing. And also, his work rate, as Lee said yesterday, was absolutely unbelievable. And he was the focal point of the team yesterday. And uh, I thought that everything that we did revolved around Alex Lacazette. And I thought the other th- good thing he did yesterday was he gave confidence to Aubameyang. Aubameyang would have been low on confidence after the missed penalty. But with his old mate on the pitch playing with him up top, I think uh, he uh, exuded confidence yesterday with Lacquer alongside him. And I thought that improved uh, uh, Aubameyang's performance. The penalty, I have to say, soft penalty. I agree with the boys on that one, soft penalty. I thought about Jonathan Moss. I, uh, I thought that he was he was he had a good position, but he struggled to keep up with play yesterday. I did think of a solution for Jonathan Moss, and that is you now they've got that spider can they they have across the pitch. If he could jump on that spider can, it could <laughs> propel him forward and get him quicker up to the play. But I think he, we benefited from his uh, state there. I think if Harry Kane had gone down, like as one of the boys said, I think it was uh, I think Harry said it. I think that I would have been screaming if that had been a penalty against mm. us. Uh, so we got lucky with that decision. But then we managed the game really well out. We went to a 4-5-1. But the other thing, just one final point that Emery did really well was in this game, was even when we were sort of like defending at 1-0, defending at 2-0, he kept the three forwards forward up top so that Man United couldn't go gung-ho second half. They always had to be weary because we played three up top. We didn't sort of like sit deep, although we did defend deeper, we kept the three players up top to give them something to think about. And as a result of that, they couldn't really get on the front foot. We nullified Pogba. Pogba got frustrated, kicked out and got booked. And I think when you've got Pogba in that sort of mood, he's so key to Man United. When you nullify him, I think that's half the job done. I was so impressed with Emery yesterday. Tactically, he got it absolutely bang on. And uh, people are going to say Man United missed chances. People are going to say we were lucky with the penalty. But I think Emery... He's the protagonist. He does everything possible to win us these games. And we said it last week. He makes us competitive in these big games. One final point. 
against the top six this season. Our best return since 2011-12. That's 12 points in the big games out of 30. That's double what Wenger achieved last year. Home At home, we are absolutely brilliant. 13 wins, two draws in our last 15 matches. The, the only thing I would say about that system with the back three is that at times when our fullbacks or wingbacks, whatever you want to call them, when they do both get forward and then we lose possession and then Manchester United done it a few times uh, the other day and they play that long crossfield ball over the top, it feels like the width of the pitch is too much to cover with three players and we end up really stretched and then there's holes in between the three centre-backs. That's my only criticism of that system and... Uh, I don't know if it's the long-term solution. I mean, you can say it worked, but look at the chances we conceded. United had the better chances yesterday. So did it really work to, to the degree that we're saying it did? I'm not entirely convinced well, that it's the way to go. Well, I'm not saying that, Harry, but the one thing you have to say, when we played them at the Emirates in the Cup game, we pushed off well, wing-backs high, and there was only two centre-halves back. So, uh, and that's where they exposed us. So I thought the third centre-half, Monreal came out the left-sided quite a lot and filled the space. Socrates, who'd rather be in the middle, came out uh, on the right-hand side. And occasionally, I thought Jacker did drop back to make that fourth defender. So I, th- I don't think it was quite as open as, as what you say. I, I, think... Think it, I think it worked better the way we played at Wembley with a narrow back four. I think that was more solid than what we played with yesterday. But the difference was at Wembley, we were the away team, only played one forward up top, didn't we? We were able to defend in like a 4-4-2 four, four, uh, shape. Whereas yesterday, we, 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 wanted, we, wanted to, we wanted to be more offensive, didn't we? If he'd gone with four at the back and sort of like a more defensive lineup, we wouldn't have asked problems of their uh, defenders. We wouldn't have pushed them back. So you have to accept when you play Man United, Harry, they're always going to create chances. They're a good side. They've got some great players. Uh, and you... Every team has a spelling games. So I think that um, they were always going to have chances. Uh, you know, I thought yesterday, I just think the uh, three at the back did work. Uh, you know, there's 14 shots. Uh, each side had 14 shots, but they only had uh, one more shot. They had four shots on target. Uh, they only had four shots on target, which is they had double the shots on target they had in the cup game. They had, uh, sorry, less than half the shots on target they had in the cup game. So I take your point, Harry, but I just thought that the three at the back I think made us more solid did in the cup game. I think he learned from the cup game and but we had to be offensive yesterday. We had to do something different. If we set up the way we set up against Man in the cup game, I'm sure they might have picked us off again. But I thought yesterday we asked questions of them and uh we pushed them back and I think and it worked really because they it stopped young getting forward to to, to create overloads in the wide areas. Uh and also sure uh after starting really well, wasn't so effective as what I've seen him lately. I agree with you. They still created chances, but they were always going to create chances. Uh, but then we created chances as well. And you have to say that um, uh, Lacazette missed a great chance. Uh, there was also two Kalazanat fizzes across the box, a touch in we could have scored. So you could say that we also looked dangerous going forward. It was a, a really competitive, even game, a game of fine margins, I think. And I think we shaded it. Absolutely, I got you know. I agree with Harry, and I agree with you. I agree with Harry on the on the fact that there was times in that game where we did look dodgy and we did look like we were going to concede, and but somehow we didn't. <laughs> um, and then you know, I've got to agree with Graham as well. There, there was times in the game where we looked like looked like the better side and looked like we were going to go on to score three or four, but we didn't. Um, all that matters yesterday is we beat them. Um, a point now behind the unclean down the road. Um, a bit of you know, a bit of daylight um, between us and Manchester United. 
Chelsea dropped more points. Getting the three points yesterday was so so important. Um, we you know we could you know people call me mad, but now we're in a race for third now. You know we, we were all worried about we're getting in. We're all worried about getting into the top four. Imagine if we'd have beaten Spurs last week. Uh, last week, imagine if we'd have beaten Brighton and Southampton. You know, we we'd be sitting here saying, "Well, you know, coming second, you know, coming behind Liverpool, and Manchester United, uh, Manchester City." Yeah, we'll take that in Emery's first season. Uh, Lee, we've had a donation come in um, from Sonny. Thank you very much for that, Sonny. Um, and Sonny says. Uh- Lee said, I'm too negative, but now I'm full of hope and back in the game. <laughs> well done. So, I had a little pep talk with him. I've done, done a Lacazette on him with earlier Bamiang. I, I, I said to him, now, come on. You grab him by the face as well? I did grab him by the face. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I said, look, come on, you've got to be positive. And I said, don't let your son be like you neither. Like, you know what I mean? So, we had a good laugh about it. So, lovely fella, Sonny. Lovely fella. Always negative, but he's a lovely fella, like, you know. So, uh, but um, one, one could feel, I've got just one little point, just got to say about that, you know, the, the, the system yesterday. I am sure Mike Phelan, who's a very, very experienced uh, coach and has really, you know, helped to show Scar unbelievably. I bet that they sat there coming coming down by their train or sitting in the hotel and all that. There's no way that Emery's going to play two up top. No way. Yeah. And then he did. And I think that that put him under a little bit of... Uh, yeah. Isn't it great to see that Arsenal... Well, we mentioned, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? How good is it that we've got a manager now where the opposition manager doesn't know... Yeah, it just changes it around. And, and, do you know what? You know, there's a great little debate there going on. Back three or back four. Listen, we've played two, two of the teams in the top four last two weeks. Changed the system. Changed the back three to a back four. Four or three, whatever way you want to go at it. And got two bloody good results. Mm. Should have beaten Tottenham. Yeah. Beaten Man United. Um, Man United are always going to create chances. Always going to get chances because they're a good side. Like Arsenal will create chances, you know, one or two. But listen, it was a, an abysmal performance tactically in the FA Cup game. It mm-hmm. was awful. But, you know, learn, learning lessons. I love it. I bloody love it. Who would have thought, you know, I said last week on the pod, I'll tell you what, there's one player not going to be left out of this Spurs game on, on Saturday, and that's uh, Alex Awobi. And we all agreed and said, oh, yeah, he's got to play, he's got to play. He left him out yesterday, you know. And um, I've just got to ask a question. I don't know if you know. I, don't, I still don't know. What was the matter with Mkhitaryan? Does anybody know? Back injury. Yeah, back slight back, back injury. injury, yeah. Back injury. He's got a back injury? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, because, uh, you know... People are saying he, he he would have been a loss for us yesterday because I think he's been absolutely superb on the last few games. But yeah, you know, I've also got to say just before also, I thought Dennis Suarez's little contribution was fantastic yesterday. Like you know, um, he was um, uh, running with a ball, just give us something a little bit different in in the game. I was hoping that Awobi would do it, but. You know, he he um he didn't quite get in the game as what I thought that Suarez did. But isn't it great? We got we got we got things going on now. Like what you know, like the substitutions yesterday. Have to say from Emery, spot on again. You know, um, I like the fact that he took a Bamiang off five minutes from the end. You know, uh, uh, to a stand innovation. You know, so um, I just got to ask one question, boys. You know what I mean? Like you know, out of five, when a Bamiang's taking the penalty. What was your confidence? Did you think he was going to score it out of five? Five. So five, you that confident? Yep. Harry? 
Harry's frozen, is he? I think Harry's frozen. Oh, that's <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, quite, he, you know, <laughs> if you're going to freeze, that's not a bad little fr- uh, pose to freeze in, is it? Really? I like, suppose you know? so. At least he ain't got his mouth wide open or anything. Yeah, yeah, like you know. So, what about what about you, Graham? What, what was your? I wasn't confident. I have to say, uh, um, I was uh, more uh, confident in the Spurs. I yeah, I thought I thought that Lacazette might take it, uh, but all all credit for him to stepping up and taking it. But I thought Lacazette was going to take it. But did you notice how he uh, when he ran up, uh, he actually didn't look at the ball when he kicked it. Yeah, he was looking at the goalkeeper, wasn't he? It was like a Eden Hazard penalty, wasn't it? To be honest, he's got a lot of bottles to do that, like you know. Can you hear me, Harry? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry, I lost my connection. One to five. <laughs> what was your, what, you know, what was your confidence that he was going to score that penalty? Oh, I don't know. Uh, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so realistic. It was, the people that I was with all saying, oh, oh no, we, we could give it to somebody else. Ramsey's going to take it or Lacazette, you know what I mean? No one thought that Aubameyang was going to take it. For him to step up and take that, I, 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 you know, and I don't, I, well, I'm going to say this now, everybody, I think he was the one player that wasn't at his best yesterday. To still step up and take that penalty and then bang it in like that. Well, the the podcast is entitled um, in in uh, in honour of him. Balls of steel. Um, you know, in front of the Emirates guy, he knows that sixty thousand gooners yesterday went. Oh God! As soon as he put that ball under his arm, I was confident. When he, when he... I was confident he was going to score. But I was watching the game. With my buddies, we watch it on the Sky Sports app on the old uh, Playstations, you know, so we can watch it and talk to each other um, at the same time. And um, when I saw Aubameyang with the ball under his arm, I was like, it's Herbert, it's, it's Herbert's it's taking it. And the boy's like, no, nah, no, nah, it can't be, it can't be. I was like, no, nah, Aubameyang's going to take it. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's got balls the size of coconuts to take that. Um, much respect to him. And just like uh, Lacazette, um, when we when we spoke about Lacazette scoring against Spurs at, at Emirates, um, laying that ghost to rest at, uh, from when he missed at Wembley that time, I, I'm so glad Aubameyang done that yesterday, and I'm so glad that he scored because now he can get on now. He could because it's been affecting him. It's certainly affected him last Thursday night. I mean, he must be since he's taken that penalty. He must be lying in bed all night. Every night, all night, thinking about that penalty. Yeah, not sleeping. He, yeah, he could have won the North London derby the last kick of the game, and he missed it. Um, it's got to be playing on his mind. But now he can let it go, forget about it. Redemption um, presented itself. He took it with both hands. Beautiful stuff. What was you going to say, Harry? Uh, I was just going to say that when when the ref pointed to the spot, the whole stadium went nuts, and I turned around to the guy behind me because he was like shaking me, and I was like, mate. Calm yourself down. Let's score it first. Yeah. And then we'll jump. And when we score it, I'll jump on top of you. No problem. But let's score it first. <laughs> Going back to the chat room. Uh, Shane um, has sent in a super chat. Thank you very much, Shane. Uh, brilliant. My night is sorted. Thanks again, guys. Love the show. Uh, watch the show. Watch it every week, even though I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, well, thank you very much, Shane. Um, thanks very much for coming along. And it's always nice to... Uh, Always definitely nice to hear um, other other fans of other teams coming in to watch us. Uh, that's a massive compliment. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Graham, I want to talk to you about um, the performance of Maitland-Niles. He was my man in a match yesterday. Uh, yes, he made, us, he made a slow start. Um, 
we all know what you know, give the ball away a couple of times, got caught out of position a couple of times. But as the game went on, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, we've got, well, we've got Bellerin to come back next November, I think, all going well. Uh, but that's all going well. Should Maitland-Niles now be first choice out there for the rest of the season? I, I th well, first of all, his performance yesterday was absolutely uh, brilliant. I have to say that. I, as as uh, we've alluded to, and as Lee said, he started off with a few misplaced passes. I think he's someone who uh, lacks confidence, and I think his confidence grows in games. I, 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 maybe it's because also he's playing out of position doesn't help. Cause you've got to remember, he had a really good performance at Old Trafford last year against Man United in central midfield, didn't mm. he? And uh, I see him more as a central midfielder. But he's got an opportunity now here at right back. Uh, and it, um, the thing is, when the, the question is, should he play the rest of the season? I think if we're playing the wing-back system, uh, if we're uh, choosing a, a um, to be offensive over defensive solidity, he's perfect for that role, isn't he, as a wing-back? Uh, but whether you would play him in a four, uh, can you uh, like last week when we played Tottenham, um, would he be defensively good enough? It's still open to debate. Um, so... I'm sort of like 50-50 on that. Uh, I think that yesterday he grew into the game. He got really good in the second half, as Lee and Harry have both said. I think second half, he was absolutely superb. But we were sort of like defending slightly deeper uh, and he had more protection around him. Uh, so but whether I would play him in a four, if we we're playing a 4-2-3-1, I'm not so sure. But he has a great chance here. Uh, to actually sort of make that spot his own. I would play him certainly. If everybody's going to go with a back three and play the wing backs, he obviously gets in. If he's going to go back to a back four, I see possibly Mustafi playing uh, on the right side at right back in a back four. That's just my view on it, though, if the boys agree. Yeah, Lee, what, what would you say about Maitland? Yeah, I think like, if we're going to play a back three, wing back, I think, you know, he's more. Um, more attacking and more dynamic than uh, anybody else in that role. So I think that's there. Personally, I'd like to see him play as a, a as a right back as well. But I think Graham's right. I think like Mustafi, particularly away from home, is more of a defender. Um, so I think that maybe he'll uh, he'll get those ones like you know. So um, I think maybe that's the way that they go. And that, listen, that ain't a bad way to go. If I'd be honest, I wouldn't. I, you know, uh, I. I I'm with Graham. I would like to see Maitland-Niles have a little run in that midfield, but it's where and when, you know what I mean, over who, you know, um, because because whatever way you're looking at it, him playing as this wing-back and he's giving him a defensive sort of uh, attitude to his game as well, you know, so when he goes into that midfield, I think that he could be disciplined, you know, um, and I think that, but as Graham says, he's got an opportunity now to, I think maybe he um, Emery would have been playing him there, but he's had this little knee injury or saying, and he it's kept him out a little for a few games. I think that I think maybe that's why he's not played for the last couple. But uh, that was a massive call for him, yeah, to, to come in yesterday as well. He hadn't played for a few weeks and to produce, you know, I know we're saying that um, a few misplaced passes in the first half and they weren't playing well, you know, it's probably that he needed to get that out of his system because he ain't played for a couple of weeks. But then to come on like he did, you know, uh, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Um, can he do the right back job? You know what I mean? Can he do any worse than than, than Mustafi at that? That's that's the question I suppose you've got to ask there. I don't think that there is. But, I, I, you know, 
I don't like to argue with Graham, if I'll be honest. And I think, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, I, I think that um, probably I will go down that. It's a safe safety option, isn't it? If really, if you're going to play Mustafi in a back four at right back, I think was probably. Listen, the two centre halves now. I think for the majority of the games now, if it big games, Kashelny and Socrates looks to be the two, doesn't it? So, you know, Mustafi's got to step up, hasn't he, if he wants yeah. to play play for this team. And obviously, we, we haven't we, we haven't touched on them, but they, them two yesterday, absolutely immense. Um, I thought Koscielny was brilliant yesterday. Um, really, really good. Same as Socrates. Um, I think they, they all defended really well. Um, but Koscielny, for me, he was like... I it was like the Koscielny of old, put his body on the line, got injured, got up, carried on. Um, the Koscielny, you know, the Koscielny of the last few weeks might have got injured and bottled it and gone off and, you know, let, let Mustafi come in. But Koscielny was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Um, same with Socrates. And it's just so good to see us actually, I mean, imagine a clean sheet against Manchester United. Um, a lot to do with, a, a lot to do with Leno as much um, as, uh, sorry, I'm getting my words mixed up there now. As much to do with Leno as much to do with those boys as well, you know. They were all they were all fantastic. Uh, one player we haven't mentioned though, Harry, um, Aaron Ramsey. I thought Aaron Ramsey was absolutely immense yesterday. Yeah, he, he was. He, he worked his socks off like he always does. Um, he's been so professional ever since this uh, whole contract thing's come out. And I must admit... I didn't expect that. And I'm not saying that I had an opinion of him, a negative opinion that he was going to throw his toys out of the pram. But the level he's performed at since this has all gone on has been incredible for me. He's not played every week, but when he has, he's always been consistent. Uh, mentioned earlier on that I thought he supported Granite Xhaka in the middle of the park really well. He also leads by an example. If you want to play that high press, Aaron Ramsey's exactly the kind of player you want in the team because he does close people down. He closes channels down, prevents teams getting out. I thought he was brilliant. I think he's been brilliant all season when he's played. Um, and at the time when I heard he wasn't signing, I wasn't overly fussed, if I'm being honest. I was kind of like, yeah, I'd rather keep him. But, you know, he's been here for a long time now. Maybe it is time to move on. But the more and more I see of him, Same the man. more sad I feel that he's been allowed to leave on a free transfer. Yeah. But you know what? Good luck to Aaron because he is um, he is going to a massive club in Juventus and he's going to have the opportunity to win some of the game's top prizes there. So, it's a great move for him, even if it's a sad one for us. Absolutely. I'm the same as you. When I first heard that he was leaving, I was like, ah, well, never mind. You know, someone else will come in. But it's really making me regret um, feeling like that. His last, his, his, his last few performances, I thought he was brilliant. Um, so let's go to the chat box and see if, if, we've, got some, uh, if we've got some questions. Um, here is a... Super chat, um, and this is from Argentinian Guna. Um, thank you very much indeed uh, for your kind donation. Um, I can't exactly see one second. In Sorry, I'm just getting a bit confused here with this little bit of a. He says, so Argentinian Guna, greetings. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your uh, donation. Um, Greetings from a loyal, same old Arsenal fan in Argentina. Uh, we'll start with Graham here. Would you start with a back four and one striker or three at the back and two up front on Thursday? Cool. 
Well, I think, first of all, he can't play uh, Aubameyang. Uh, sorry, Lacazette, can he? So, uh, he can play Aubameyang, he can't play Lacazette. So, uh, if you're going to start with two strikers, that means he's going to play with Eddie Nketiah, isn't it? Um, so, I don't think he will start with the uh, uh, with the two up top. Do I think he should? Um, I, I think no, because uh, I think that... Uh, I, think, I think we should... I've, you know, a four-two-three-one. I, I expect him to go with that formation. Uh, I think he'll, he'll. It depends, obviously. Mkhitaryan should be back fit, hopefully. I think he'll play Mkhitaryan and Awobi in the wide areas uh, with uh, a Batman down the middle. I think uh, um, Oza will play centrally, but then he he could play Ramsey, couldn't he? Uh, if we're chasing the game. He could play the extra midfielder uh, alongside uh, uh, Granite Jacker. Uh, I think uh, it's interesting he didn't play Guendouzi yesterday. I thought that Woods that did he make a statement to Guendouzi there because he basically uh, was at fault for the third goal. Was it sort of him sort of leaving him out, not just tactically, but sort of like to say to him, you know, you you know, you made a mistake there. So, but obviously for me, I think he'll go four two three one. I think Ozil will play centrally behind the two wide forwards uh, and Lacazette up top. Um, uh, if uh, Aubameyang. Uh, and, uh, sorry, if Lacazette was available, he might have played the two. But I think for that reason, I think he just played one strike. I think he played two wide forwards. Ozil. The question is, does he play Ramsey in the pivot alongside Jack as an attacking midfielder? It'd be interesting to see how uh, our opponents set up, of course, because they've got uh, got uh, Saar out wide and uh, uh, Ben Arthur uh, and uh, a forward. Those three off the ball offer nothing. So it'd be interesting to see whether they sort of like go more defensive and leave one of those two attacking players out. I think they'll play the, the uh, wide, uh, the winger. But, they, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he does leave Ben Arthur out because I thought that for that first half hour when we were 11 on the pitch, we were one up and taking him apart. So, um, and I think we got overconfident before the sending off and didn't take our chances. So, but in answer to the guy's question, I think he'll go 4-2-3-1. Four, 4-2-3-1. Two, three, one. Four, two, three, one. Lee, this question came in on Twitter. Um, from um, Lee Farrell um, and he was saying after this actually came in from two people the exact same question um, Leno's performances of late and I brought it up at the start um, of the podcast should should Leno start on Thursday this is a game we need to win okay we need to win well we need to win you know we, we need not to concede a goal um, first of all um, so Lee judges you're Unai Emery on Thursday night. Petacek or Leno? Ma- ma- massive call, massive call. I'm going to be honest, and I don't think Petacek done anything wrong on um, last Thursday. I thought he made some good saves and all that. But I am going to go with what you said earlier on, Craig. I, w- I would have gone for check uh, for check before I- before you said it. It's about playing your best team, so I, I would I would go for. Um, uh, for, for Leno for this game because I'll tell you why I'm going to go for Leno as well because I think that we're going to be going for it so that means we're going to be playing a high line I, I would I would expect to see Maitland-Niles and Kolasinac as our full-backs bombing on with Mustafi and Koscielny at the back Ramsey and Shaka uh, in the midfield so we're going to be right pushing up on them and I think that we're going to have to play a sweeper-keeper and Petr Cech is not that no He's not. Um, so uh, I, I, I think horses for courses. Massive, massive game this is Thursday for for that. And I, I think what we've just said there, what Graham was saying as well. I, I think personally, the team picks itself virtually. 
in all in all areas with Lacazette not being able to mm. play, Socrates not being able to play. It's just a simple bringing in a couple of players yeah. there. I think that you know Ozil played really well on uh, Sunday, so I, I can't see him being left out, especially when we're chasing a game we need to create. Certainly, Ramsey can go from second phase running, so that's 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 um. A certainty Quindoza will have to sit on the bench be very surprised if he does start in place of one of those two guys coming on if we were winning the game comfortably big big call that one at the back there and I, I, I don't know how the other guys feel but I feel that I'm going to go I, I'm going to I don't think he'll do it if I'll be honest I think that he'll, 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 he'll go with Czech but I, I think that this is such an important game for us. I tell you why this is an important game because we need to go through obviously in this round, but we ain't got a game for three for, for yeah. two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. To to be stewing over going out in the Europa League to, to Rennes, this is going to be a massive, massive thing. So, you know, we need to just keep momentum going and bubbling into that to that Monday night football. So I think it's you know, like 20 days until we play our next game or whatever it is, 20 days or whatever. So no, I'm 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 Uri Emery, and I'm going to phone him up tomorrow. Leno plays. Well, you won't need to phone him because it, it, the decision will come whether, what, when he watches the podcast. If he watches it before, oh, right. if he watches it before Thursday, and he hears me say that, we're obviously going to put you know doubt in his mind because he does watch the podcast. Um, Harry, <laughs> uh, what about you, mate? Leno, check. Um, Just before we go on, actually, sorry, Peter Check has done nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong; yeah, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. But me being me, it's a really important game. I think we should be putting out a full strength. I think we should be putting out the best side we can. I I, I agree. I think that you got to go with the best side. Um, I think that, like Lee said, I think Lee's points were spot on regarding the way we're going to play. The fact that Leno's more of a sweeper keeper and that will help us. We're a little bit more fluent, aren't we, when we're passing out from the back when Burn Leno is in goal as well. Um, but having said that, it's also very harsh on Petr Cech because I thought in Ren that he was probably our best player. Mm. Um, you know, he made a lot of good saves. Um, you know, without being spectacular, he made a lot of saves that he needed to make. And he kept us sort of in the game, really, because Ren were really putting it on us at one point. So I think it's harsh on Petr Cech. Um, but I see where you're coming from. And if it was up to me, I'd probably go with Leno. But like Lee said, I don't think that. Unai Emery's going to uh, change that. I think he's made his mind up to go with Czech in the Europa League, and I think that's going to be the case throughout the competition. Yeah. What do you reckon, Graham? Um, I'm going to agree with the judge, really. Anything to get in that corporate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get on that red carpet. Um, no, um, no, I, I agree with exactly what Harry said and exactly what Lee said. I, I think that um, I think he'll keep checking goal. I think because, and I think Lee's absolutely nailed it, and uh, and I think we will play the high line, and I think because we're only playing one striker, he will play Ramsey as a running, uh, a third man running midfielder, or sorry, a second man running midfielder, and he'll play Ozil behind uh, um, uh, a Bamian with a Wobi. Uh, and Mkhitaryan in the wide areas, wide forwards. For that reason that we're playing high, that we've got to go for it, you need a goalkeeper who's really good at sweeping up, and I think Lee's absolutely nailed it. So Leno is perfect. Uh, I think, though, his loyalty to Czech will mean he'll probably keep with Czech. But I, I think that, for me, I think we've all called it, I think uh, Leno, uh, I think, would be perfect for this game. And uh, I would, if I was manager of Arsenal, I'd be picking Leno on Thursday night. This one comes in from Bill. Um, thank you very much, Bill. Uh, a loyal, um, a loyal watcher of the a loyal listener 
loyal watcher, listener of the podcast. Um, thank you very much for your kind donation, mate. Um, we'll go to, we'll start with Graham, uh, we'll start with Harry on this one, sorry. Uh, Bill wants to know, when we qualify for the Champions League, I like it, Bill, I like it, when we qualify for the Champions League, is this the biggest transfer window for the last 10 years? Great show, guys, keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Bill, thank you very much indeed. Harry, it is a massive so- transfer window. Yeah, it'll be huge. And hope the hope is that if we do get in the Champions League, we'll see the financial backing that this team deserves. Because I truly believe that at the moment and the longer we stay in the Europa League, the less money we're going to have available to us because we know we're working on a self-sustaining model. We know that our income is significantly less by playing in the Europa League. And we know that our owner is unwilling to put his hand in his own pocket. So the only way we're going to get any massive business done is if we get back in the Champions League that's really important but then it is important isn't it how the money is spent and I think that this season um, I've been critical of Unai Emery at points during this season I think at times he's got things wrong Um, I think the last two results have gone a long way in restoring people's faith in him and I think that would have gone a long way in restoring the club's faith in him because when it comes to crunch time and it's time to get the checkbook out I think they'll look back on this season and they'll decide whether he's worth investing in, whether he's worth backing, or, or whether it's time to start looking elsewhere. I know he's only on a, a two-year contract. That's really important for me, and that shows to me that maybe the club wanted to see how he got on this season before they were willing to put any major money behind him. So, really important transfer window if we get back in the Champions League, of course, but it's just as important if we don't get in the Champions League because he'll need to use what's available uh, to try and get us there and, and do some good and savvy business. I reckon there's an extension there for him to sign this year if he gets us in the Champions League. Possibly. I reckon there is. has to be. There has to be. Because he's got to have some incentive, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Two-year contract. Oh, yeah. Come and manage us for two years and we'll see how you get on. I reckon in his contract, Champions League in the first season will give you another year's extension or something like that. Graham, what do you reckon, mate? Big transfer window coming up. I mean, we've got Ramsey to replace... Um, he'll be gone he's going to leave a big hole we're going to need someone to come in there and the name being thrown around is Rabiot from PSG we could pinch him on a free would you like to see him come in? Well, I'd love to see him come in I think he's heading to Barcelona isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure but I don't think we'll get him I think it's massive it's massive what happens it's not just massive for us it's massive for Chelsea for Shane who's hopefully still in the in the chat room Massive for Chelsea, massive for Tottenham. Think about Tottenham. If they're going into that new stadium and they don't get, and all of a sudden they drop out the Champions League places. It'd be great, wouldn't it? And all of a sudden, uh, well, it'd be fantastic, <laughs> wouldn't it? Harry yeah. Ari, Ari Kane would be diving in uh, the Bernabeu next year, wouldn't he? Instead of, uh, uh, you know, in the Premier League. So I think Harry Kane, if they don't get in the Champions League, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how. And Ericsson, Real Madrid have sort of like uh, meant to be interested in Ericsson. So, and of course, Tottenham, remember a lot of their fans have sort of like not been going to Wembley this season because they've been saving their uh, tickets, uh, their match. Uh, they get uh, money off their um, season ticket, don't they, if they don't go for next season because they were promised they'd be in uh, the, uh, the new stadium this year. So they're sort of like holding on to those. So when it comes for, for renewals, they might suddenly uh, not have so much money coming in Tottenham. And if they don't get Champions League football as well, uh, the players, um, you know, they could lose some players and they lose revenue and they can't sign replacements. So it'd be massive for Tottenham, massive for Chelsea, not only us. I think if he achieved it this year, he would have done it against the odds quicker than what I expected. 
Uh, and I look at those fixtures now, eight games, uh, five away, three at home. The three at home, very winnable. The five away, uh, Wolves, who obviously is going to be the hardest of the, uh, of the ones left. Uh, Leicester under Rodgers won't be easy. I think if we played them under Claude Piol, it would have been easier. Uh, and Burnley be fighting for their lives. With so the other clubs, the Watfords um, and the teams like that, Everton's, they're, they're mid-table teams with nothing to play for. So we have got a wonderful opportunity. I think if he can win three home games, three away games, 18 more points, um, that will certainly put the pressure on Tottenham. We've got to go to Liverpool Man City. If they lose those, that'll put us right in the mix. Chelsea, remember, as Lee said earlier, they've all got to play each other. So, yeah. But it's going to be massive. And it will be the most important window, not only for us, but for Tottenham and Chelsea as well. Uh, um, because I, I do think Man United is going to get top four. I think it's us, Tottenham and Chelsea for that last spot. Absolutely. That's what I honestly believe. Uh, and and, and, and I, I do think it'll be a massive window because you get the extra Champions League money it will give the club extra revenue. And then we have to really make this transfer window count. In the past, we've been in the Champions League and Wenger uh, and the old regime didn't make the most of it, did they, with some of the signings? I think we had some bad signings those last few windows and the team started drifting. But I think I can't see this happening uh, under this regime. I think they're incredibly focused. They've got a, uh, they're working towards a goal. And I think if we could get in that Champions League, I think they wouldn't waste the window with that extra money we'd have available. Absolutely. What Graham, what Graham was going on there, Lee, um, another stat is that we're the only club with the running, uh, we're the only club in the top six that hasn't got to play anyone in the top six. No, it's, yeah. in, our, it's in our hands now. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this now. I've been, there are some things that I've been critical with, with Emery. But I'll tell you what, if he gets us in the top four, top three, this this season and this club doesn't back him, then every fan should be protesting about it because I think that is a massive yeah. thing for him to, to do that on what he's done. He deserves all the backing and credit that that this that this club should give him, not just from us fans but from the from the board as well. To to do what he's done, I I, I think would be nothing short of fantastic. What he's done, I really do like to get us in the top four. Um, two weeks ago. Uh, all the pundits were saying, "Oh, we're we're finished six now." All the pundits are saying, "Well, you know, we can do it." Like you know, so that's that's you know, he's been under a lot of pressure, you know, uh, over the last few weeks, you know, um, and you know, rode the storm in January where I felt that, you know, certainly there was things said about budgets and things like that because obviously we can only bring in a lone player. I think then he's rode that storm, and I think that you know, uh, as Graham said earlier on. We, We've, we're competing against the top teams, particularly at home. I honestly think if the ball don't back him, um, with all the Adidas money coming in as well, like you know, it would be nothing short of scandalous. And every fan should be uh, banging on that door, protesting and getting that cronky out if that's the case, because this is a manager that that is pre- performing. When you think about it, with uh, he's performing a miracle. Um, to, to compete and, and take on Chelsea and Manchester United hey. as, as is Pochettino with Tottenham by the way you know what I mean to, to do what he's done this season We're, if in theory it should be Arsenal and Spurs that miss out but both of them have got a great chance because their managers are producing great stuff Lee, do you think he's working with the sixth uh, worst squad? I mean if you look at our squad just being realistic here do you think we've uh, look at the six teams going for four places are we in your opinion, I know we're all Arsenal fans here, but do you think he's working with the sixth worst squad? Uh, in other, in other six teams. 
I think that's that's tough because I think that Spurs have got a weak squad. If I look at it, when when you look at our bench at times, when everybody's fit, you know, let, let's let's be honest. You've got Chelsea working with with a team without a striker. If I'll be honest, of any real ilk, we've got two. We've got you know, like if if you put Chelsea, if you put Lacazette in Chelsea, Chelsea would be some some team, some mm-hmm. team. You know, we're we're, we're fortunate that we've got two there. We've got players like Mkhitaryan. That this, be honest, for most of the season hasn't performed, but it's started to perform now. I think we've got the weakest back four of of, of the of the of the squads. If if I be honest, I think that that's what has kept Tottenham afloat. Tottenham got fantastic back four, um, three central defenders in what they've got that are the top notch. And but you know you take Harry Kane out of there, so, you know like if you ever look at their bench against ours, we had players that could come on and change things a little bit. So I think that we're probably, you know, you'd have to say that Manchester United are, are, are the team with the biggest squad that are not really um, getting to the heights that they should do. The other two, Man City and Liverpool, have, have done fantastically well. Chelsea have got a, a squad of players, but, you know, they don't even use Gary Cahill. I think if Gary Cahill was at Arsenal, we'd use him. So I, I think it's a real difficult one. But uh, I, I think that um, I think what, what what I've been impressed with Emery. He's had lots of problems this season, like, and I, I mean, like with uh, you know, from when, he, from when he walked into the club with the Aaron Ramsey situation to you know, like defend, you know, to lose Bellerin, Welbeck, and Holding to season-long yeah. injuries. Who, who's had that? You know what I mean? Like Spurs have had their injuries, but at the end of the day, Pochettino knew that Kane and Delielli were going to be coming back at some stage. Emery's known for. Since yeah. the, they got injured, that they was never coming back. Um, so, I think you know, for me, I, I don't believe that we're the worst squad in the in in the in the league. I, I think that uh, if, if I could have been, yeah, in the top six. Sorry, in the top six. I think that once we eleven, we're probably the, you know, the other teams are probably stronger than us. Maybe not Chelsea. I'm not so sure, but I think that we've got a a stronger squad than some of those teams. Harry. Tommy O'Donoghue says, thank you for your question, Tommy. How many points out of the remaining games will be enough to see us secure top four? Okay, hold on. I worked this out earlier on, actually, because I'm (laughs) sad. Um, Hold on, where is it? I'm sad. I was sitting there working it out. I was looking at the the remaining fixtures. And there was a couple of games in there that people say that they're not hard. But things like Wolves away, don't really fancy that. Graham already mentioned Leicester away. Um, you know, what's his name with Brendan Rogers in there now? That's a tricky one. So the way I put it down, I worked it out that Arsenal need to finish on seventy nine points. So that's another what twenty two points from where we are now. Because um, I had United down as a draw, I had us to lose at Wolves, and then to win against Newcastle and win at Everton, win at Watford, win at home to Palace. Basically, if we had drawn yesterday. And lost at Wolves, we'd have had to win every other game. So we've got a little bit of leeway now. Um, according to my calculations, because I'm sad, I sat and worked down all the teams in the top four race. <laughs> Good man. And uh, what they're going to do in those games. Well, what I think they're going to do anyway. Um, but I think we need a, about another 20 points now. Um, the, fact, the fact of the matter is, if, if we win every game, we're there. Yeah. That's yeah. how you got this right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's it. You know what I mean? We, we, we're there. You know, we're in our own hands. It's no, definitely well, yeah. It's, win every game with it. <laughs> it's it's nice now that it's in our hands. 
It is nice. Emery knows now, and he's going to say, and he's obviously going to say it to the players, boys. It's in our hands now. No one gave us a chance for top four. Let's be honest. All the all the journals told nah, us that we were going to finish. That's it. So we're The trouble is, Craig. I think the problem that I've still got with us getting into the top four is we've got to go to Wolves away on on a midweek, Watford away on a midweek, uh, Leicester away on a midweek. They're 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 not as I don't know about the weekend seems to be a little bit better. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know. Um, the, the the other thing is for us to get top four. I, I believe that every Arsenal fan has got a, next Friday Friday morning is is pray that Manchester United pull out Tottenham in the Champions League. So them two bash each other up in the in the midweek. That would be a perfect thing for us, you know what I mean? Them two just taking a little bit of focus off of the league, concentrating on that, you know what I mean? And, and bashing each other up, you know that that's what we would that, that's what we need. But those those three away games we said there, Watford, Leicester, and um, Wolves and Everton are real, real tough games. And Burnley, you know, I mean, come on, you know, what I mean, they're a powerful sight. You know, uh, hopefully they'll be safe by then. Um, but listen, you know, we we could easily go on and win eight games, and you know, we could easily go on and drop points in in those games. So, um, I, I, I oh, you know. Do you know what? I'm going to say this now, and this is a horrible thing to say, but if Man United had that run in, Tottenham got that run in, and Chelsea got that run in, you go, well, they're top four, guaranteed. You know what I mean? But with us, with our away form, you're just that little bit comprehensive. I don't know if it's because it's, we're an Arsenal, you know. I know it sounds silly. When, when Liverpool, I found out Liverpool were 1-0 down yesterday, I said, oh, they win that 4-1. You know, if Arsenal go go down, oh, that's it. We've had it. We've had it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, do, do you know what I mean? So it's um, it, you know, I but don't mate, know. I, are we? Look, this is one thing I sat and thought about yesterday, right? When I was looking at the fixtures, I was thinking, oh god, oh god. But do you know what? I was looking at the fixture list, and I, I don't mean this. I don't mean this in a bad way or disrespectful way or whatever. But I was looking at that fixture list with my Arsene Wenger head on. Oh god, oh they could beat us. They could beat us. They could beat us. But then it wasn't until I realised, hang on a minute, we've got a new manager who actually, uh, who actually looks at the opposition and who actually, who actually might set us up to win these games, you know? And it's a fantastic point you make there because we could actually be looking at this after losing to Tottenham and after losing to um, Man United and all the other teams winning all that. We're, because of what's happened in the league, you know, we're all going, oh, you know, we've, we've now got a chance and we're really a realistic chart. You know, three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, if someone said to you, going into next Monday, you've got a chance of going above Spurs, you'd have, to, you'd have said to you, what are you, some sort of mug? You know what I mean? But this is realistic, realistic, realistic now, is that this time next week, hopefully we'll be 2 nil up, and we, uh, well, no, not this week, the next on the Monday, the when we're playing, the Monday night against Newcastle, you know, we, we could actually be like, Going into that game with Newcastle, going to that game knowing if we win that, go third place. Mm. That's unbelievable. Yeah, after you saying that two or three weeks ago, yeah. So, look, anything can happen. Anything can happen. But we're we're in a fantastic position at this moment in time. And honestly, Craig, if we don't get it, you know, we've only got ourselves to blame, haven't we? Because we've got an opportunity now against teams that Arsenal Football Club should beat. Absolutely. Great. What would you say on what I said there, Graham? You know, like people in the chat here now are saying, oh, you know, like Leicester away worries me. 
we're not going to beat Watford away. We won't beat Wolves. Um, oh, Everton, we won't beat Everton. They're doing what I'm doing. They're, they're, they're doing what I done yesterday. They still think Arsene Wenger's manager. I think no. we can beat anyone. Home or away. Well, I think what you said is absolutely right, Craig. And that is that we've got a new manager now, a new regime. So, look, I mean, like, Wolves away, for me, is really tricky. You see, and Shane was at the Chelsea game yesterday, and he would see how well Wolves played in that game. I thought they were very well organised. They gave us problems at the Emirates, didn't they, with mm-hmm. this back, back five that they play. So, and... You know, they've got one or two good central midfield players like Nevis, you know. So, uh, and Wolves, to be honest, they're a top seven or eight side now, aren't they? Uh, and they're probably the best side that come out the championship for a long time. So, Wolves away is going to be difficult. Leicester will have that Rogers bounce. Uh, so, that's going to be difficult. And he'll probably be getting the best out of uh, the uh, Jamie Vardy. So, that's not going to be easy. Uh, but uh Everton I think will Everton to me look like we could you know they're, they're weak defensively I can see us uh, beating Everton away uh I think that the three home games Palace is going to be the hardest one being a, a, a London derby but uh I think that we're capable of winning those three games Burnley when we play them they might be down or safe as you say so I think the two most difficult ones there for me are and of course a Watford always we've got Troy Deeney haven't we Troy Deeney uh oh, yeah, back up, back on the old cojones, uh, the old balls thing. But uh, I, don't, I think that was that was the old Arsenal. So um, I, you know, I, I think we're capable of doing a job on Watford. I think Leicester and Wolves of those two games look the most difficult. But I, I, I what Harry said earlier was, I think if we can win three home, three away. That gives us seventy-eight. I think seventy-eight would be enough. But guys, we're talking about like people having that perception because they feel as though we're still under Arsene Wenger, but. I've just brought up the Premier League table with just away games on it now, yeah? So Arsenal, in terms of the Premier League table, based on away games, are ninth. So we're mid-table in that. So our away record isn't that great. That's why people are feeling like that, in my opinion, because we've lost five on the road, won five, and drawn four. We've picked up 19 points. Watford have picked up 20 points, um, and Wolves have picked up 20 points as well. Crystal Palace have even picked up 20 points at home so far this season. Um, we've played one game less than Palace and Watford, but still, we're mid-table in terms of our home form. So I think that's where that comes from. I don't think it's necessarily because people are, are thinking about Arsene Wenger. If you look at this season, we are mid-table in terms of our away form. So I think people are right to be a little bit worried about some of those games. I yeah, think the away, yeah, the, 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 yeah, I think the away, the away form dipped when we had the injuries. You know, uh, around uh, the time. Uh, we played at Man United, got the 2-2 draw. We were on a good run of games then, good run of form. We then lost Holding, a massive loss. We'd already lost Welbeck. Uh, Mkhitaryan was out. And I think that time he was playing Jacker, even Jacker in a back four, wasn't he? So um, I think at that time, those away defeats at West Ham, at Southampton, I don't think he had his best players available to him. I think this, a lot of the players are coming back now. I think he's got more of his best players away, available to him. I take the point. Our waveform is a concern. And I think Claude, uh, Claude said it really well in his interview on IFTV yesterday. I think uh, away from home, we haven't been great. But I think with the players coming back, the fact also now they're going to be extra motivated knowing that they're in this top four fight now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might uh, have a bearing on it. Uh, I, I do believe that um, 
as I say, I think we've got the players back now. The, the, the way form was really poor around Christmas. Uh, Southampton, West Ham, Liverpool, obviously, is a massive hammering. And then Man City was another big defeat. But the Man City-Liverpool are uh, a long way ahead of the rest at the moment. I think the Southampton game and the West Ham game were the worst performances for me. I think in those games, he made mistakes the way we set up. And I think he had a lot of players that injured. I think some of the players are coming back to him now. And I think, uh, um, you know, I think that we've picked up uh, recently away from home. Uh, and I think that um, I still think it's going to be difficult, but uh, I like to think that the players available to him now that I think that they're going to come through now and uh, with everything to play for, that uh, that's going to motivate them to, to put in a better performance. Uh, Harry, um, Gentile wants to know, with your calculations, where do we finish? Uh, I think I had us as fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll do. Um, it will do, exactly. <laughs> that'll do. Lovely jubbly, that will do. Lads, we've been going for an hour and 20 minutes, would you believe? Unbelievable. 10 minutes left, then. An hour and 10 minutes. minutes. Um, No, an hour and 20 minutes. minutes. An hour and 20 minutes, sorry. Uh, The reason we don't go for more than 90 minutes, uh, dear Graham, is because the piece of software that I use to convert the audio won't do over 90 minutes. So if we go over 90 minutes, there's no audio podcast. So that's why. you need one of those Fer- Fergie time podcasts. <laughs> 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 oh, dearie me. Yeah, so look, um, if, and we've got 300 and, 333 people watching us live at the moment. Thank you very much indeed for your continued support. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate Absolutely it. amazing. Thank you to all the people who donated this evening. God, there was a good few of you. Um, we'll be eating in K- KFC if this carries on. Um, <laughs> Like judge it, it's it's well, yeah, we will. Yeah. Let judge oh. just goes wherever you know. Steak with, steak with a little tomato on top. Oh, lovely! lovely I mean, lovely. He, get this. He even went to watch a rugby match at the weekend. Can you believe? I it? was, I was. You know, swing low, sweet chariot. Oh, it was stop it! Not on this podcast. Stop it! Oh no, no, no! <laughs> listen, I'll tell you what. If you any girl, anybody out there, don't tell me what. You ever get ever chance to go to something like that? Now, hold on a minute. Just it is very expensive. I've got to say that, but. The, oh, cool. experience, the experience of it, you know what I mean, to, to, to compared to football, was fantastic. It was a great day. I had a thoroughly good time. And, um, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to a word Up there saying. with Wimbledon, Craig. Up there with the old Wimbledon light, you know. Anybody <laughs> for a game of tennis? How do you go and watch <laughs> tennis? It's fantastic. I'll tell you what... Hospitality at Wimbledon. Oh, <laughs> there's always a motive in there. There's always Second a motive. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Wimbledon, but only in the uh, the uh, working the class section. Bit. Sorry, yeah, yeah, There's no working. The there's no working class in uh, Wimbledon. I'll tell you that's that. That's true. Like. That's true. Can't <laughs> sit on the grass <laughs> and watch it on the telly. Is it stay at home and do that? I, I, have to, I have to take a pair of flip-flops and shoes with me because you weren't allowed to wear flip-flops in the in the place that I went. So it's just so posh. So posh. Well, I don't even why you got there in the first place, then, if it's that posh. Uh, oh, oh, well, I, I, I could, understand, I could, I could understand. I could understand Michelle getting in, but you? No idea. Champagne reception. Champagne. No, champagne. No idea. No idea. I'm going to watch a rugby match. Fancy. I'll say what's the greatest thing about. God, can I just say this about Wimbledon? I probably have said this before, but they've got a little river that runs through, right? So when you, when you, and you dip your feet in it because it's been like, you know, I've been hard, hard out on the old, you know, toes of his quality. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I just thought I'd give you that. Sitting there with your feet in the river, drinking strawberries and eating champagne. Just give your feet a little... Drinking little, strawberries and eating no. champagne? Do I mean drinking <laughs> champagne and eating strawberries? 
Uh, just with a glass of champagne in there, getting your old foot foot in the old water because it's been it's been hot out there. Hot out there. Fancy going to pay money to... Oh, well, you didn't pay money, did you? Uh, <laughs> thanks very much indeed uh, for sticking with us. Um, again, I'm going to put out this call to arms about voting for us. Uh, it's really important to me, not just to me, it's really important to all of us. Um, we're hoping to reunite, you know what I mean, if we get the chance. Well, yeah, you know, if we, together, I mean, so. if, we, if we get to the, you know, if we get to the finals, it means we've got to go. Um, and that means yeah. that the four of us have got to meet up. Um, believe it or not, the four of us have never been standing in the same room together. No, um, no, that's true. That's so true. It's, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. Um, make it happen, guys. Make yeah, it happen. make it happen. Make, make the Brady Bunch. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm giving you the, 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 I'm giving you the format of the Brady Bunch with us all in uh, one corner. So yeah, uh, vote for us. The link's in the description. All you got to do is click that link. Uh, the voting form will come up where it says best podcast. Uh, put in the same old Arsenal podcast where it says best international creator if you wouldn't mind putting in the Gooners pod and where it says best new content creator the Chronicles of a Gooner which is of course is Harry's podcast where he's going to record it right now um, so that will be up uh, later on Harry or tomorrow or nah, tomorrow morning tomorrow they always morning. come out Tuesdays 10am so don't forget to go and subscribe to Harry's YouTube channel the Chronicles of a Gooner don't forget to go and like his Twitter uh, Chronicles of Thank the Thank you, mate. No problem at all, mate. You can follow Lee at Lee Mark Judges. You can follow Graham at Graham B195. 195. You can follow Harry at Chronicles of Aguna or Harry Simeon at Harry Simeon. And you can follow me if you want. I am Scotty Boy Guna, the most original, best Twitter handle out of the lot of them. Um, you know. Oh, yeah, it's riveting stuff. For you. Yeah, it is. Well, it's better than, <laughs> hello, my name's Lee Mark Judges. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, my name's Scott. I'm a boy, and I'm a goner. Not uh, Lima judges. Do you know? I, I was new to all that. I was new to uh, the social media when I took this on, like you know. Yeah. I mean, it was can only, I, can it, I, it, Graham. If I, before, if I could do it now, I'd change it to the just, judge. Just before you come in, right? Just before you come in there, Graham. It was only last week I had to explain to him the difference between a like and a retweet. <laughs> <laughs> And show me how to, to go live on Twitter. Can I just uh, just want to say two, two things, right? Obviously, Kevin Campbell's voting for us in the uh, awards, isn't he? That's he has great. Kevin Campbell. Also, I, I want I want to give a shout out to Troops. Right, mm. Troops is obviously voting for the podcast. So, the, what category is Troops in? Troops uh, in um, best best vlogger, I think. Yeah, best vlogger well, and best. Well, he's in Karen, best... We're, we'll have to return a compliment because we yeah, we done it already. I like troops. Have a, I haven't. I, I don't know how to, so if troops can tell me how to, I'll do it for her. <laughs> yeah, big up troops. Yeah, big top up man. troops. Yeah, top man. Top if man. yeah, do uh, vote for troops as well when you're filling in the uh, the form. Uh, best vlogger. Because um, yeah, yeah his, his vlogs are good. I've got to say, I've got to say, I do watch them. Um, Danny the GFP good, good. says at the judge you should <laughs> you should change your Twitter handle to at the judge friend of the stars. <laughs> Well, the next one is. Can uh, you do that? Can you change it? Can you can. You, you can. Um, he, his, his second suggestion is at executive box judge. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, like the judge. I might have to change that because Lee Mark judges is a bit. Yeah, well, like, you probably missed out at the judge. Probably, you've, you've probably missed out on the judge. There's going to be loads of Twitter people called at the judge. At the judge AFC though. 
You could try it, I suppose. You could try it. But don't mess it up. Get Michelle yeah. to do it for you. Yeah, I will um, do that. The real yeah. captain, how do you vote? What you do is you click the link down in the bottom of the uh, down in the description. A form will come up. Um, and there'll be lots of categories. All you've got to do, where it says best podcast, type the same old Arsenal. Press vote. Done. It's it. It's all done. Um, thank you very much for all sticking around uh, for as long as you have. Thanks very much indeed. Much appreciated. Um, no, we what we got? We got Europa League on Thursday, and then we haven't got a game for two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So next Monday, this is it. This Monday, yeah, this Monday coming the eighteenth, which is the day after St Patrick's Day. That's not the Newcastle game, is it? No. No, no, we haven't got a game until April the first. Right. Okay. So next week um, we're going to do a bit of a question and answers uh, e uh, evening, and we've got. Um, Danny, the GFP, and uh, his mate Jason, who do Burkamp Underland Radio Show, um, on with us. Um, whether we can all make it, that's great. If we can all make it, there'll be six of us on it. Um, having a chat, having a bit of fun, um, nothing too serious. Uh, we're going to take loads of questions from you all in the chat box, um, and we're going to have a bit of fun, answer your questions, um, and hopefully have a bit of a laugh. So that's next week. Same old Arsenal meets a Burkhart Wonderland with Danny and Jason. Um, so, until then, we'll see you all next week. Take care of yourself and each other. And we'll see you Tell again me you soon. Arsenal. Looks like we're in the next round of Europa League. Up the Arsenal! Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.